Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event. Fight fans worldwide, you've tuned into the number one undisputed boxing podcast today. This is the Boxing Breakdown. Now, your heavy-handed, hard-hitting host, Mark Roxy. All right, fight fans, what's going on? Welcome to the Boxing Breakdown, and I'm your host, Mark Roxy. Super excited to be here again today. Thank you, God, for another day. And we have an amazing show again today. Uh, I am going to have on the program Mr. Jorge Diaz Jr., professional fighter and father, amazing, amazing athlete and an amazing person. So uh, stick around. You're going to love today's program. We're going to get into Jorge's life, how he got into boxing, his storied career, how he came up the ranks as a fighter, some of the pitfalls that Jorge fell into, as a young fighter, and then how he transformed into an absolutely incredible human being. So it is my distinct pleasure to welcome to the program, Mr. Jorge Diaz Jr. Jorge Diaz, what's up, what's up, what's up? Coach Mark. What's going on, my brother? You are on the boxing breakdown. <laughs> nice. How nice. you doing, man? I'm, I'm a little tired right now. You tired? Yeah. Why are you tired? Um, I had an early, I had an early run last night. Oh, you did? Yeah. Where'd you run? <laughs> I had a, you know, a load in my box truck. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. I picked up, I picked up in Swedes, bro. I was like South Jersey at 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 four a.m. Oh, okay, all right. So, so I left my house at two a.m. Okay, cool. So, what's going on with you? Not too much. Just you know, yeah. um, being a dad, being a dad, operating a business. That's what's up right there. Operating a business. Yo, I, I'm just so delighted that you're on the boxing breakdown. I'm so happy you're here. And, you know, I, I really, um, I just wanted to um, share with, you know, boxing fans and people that are out there. Uh, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? Drinking water? Oh yeah, you can hear that? Hold on, yeah, man. I was, I, was, I was pouring some water in, you in the glass. You're crazy, Diaz. You're crazy. Yo, you're on the air, bro. I'm, right, I'm gonna, I, I'm, I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna sit down. Okay, I thought you were actually on. The, I thought you were in the bathroom for a second there. I was like, Yo, is he going to the bathroom? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> 
Yeah. No, 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 no. I was pouring me a glass of water. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, man, you, you, uh, you know, the, uh, the boxing fans and the people out there that follow your career or follow you, or maybe they don't follow you and they're going to mm-hmm. get to know you pretty good is, uh, you know, you're up to some pretty amazing things these, these days. And what I wanted to do is I just wanted to get into, you know, a little bit about how you got into boxing, a little bit about your past, and then kind of just, you know, have that transcend into what what Jorge Diaz Jr. is doing now, right? So is that cool? Yeah. yeah. So the I, I think a lot of the listeners out here um, don't, first of all, don't know how you got into boxing. And, um, you know, so maybe, maybe you could just... Um, Give us a little bit of your background, how how you first came to, to boxing and where you came to boxing. Just a little bit about your background. I was living in Puerto Rico and my younger cousin, who's um at one point was a very promising, you know, prospect um at welterweight. He he was boxing at a gym and my uncle brought me to the gym. I went to one of his fights and then after that I got it. I wanted to box. And it was at the same time that Tio Trinidad, you know, was around. Like I remember like he had just fought Oscar de la Oya and just had beat him. Wow. Yeah, so that um, that was like so you were growing up, you were coming into boxing when Tito Trinidad was fighting. I would I would presume uh, Hector Macho Camacho was in the game at the time. Um, Oscar De La Hoya, I think maybe Mayweather just was just getting fired up, right? I didn't come from a boxing family, you know. My dad didn't box. I didn't watch boxing, but all I remember was Tito Trinidad. And <laughs> well, I don't blame you because you know. Many of us adore him, you know. He's one of the, the most, uh, you know, recognized uh, and probably most beloved uh, fighter in Puerto Rico, uh, if not the most beloved. I mean, I would argue that, but but certainly the top five of all time. In my time, he's probably like the one, you know. Sure. Everybody loved him. I remember like, it would be a big deal when he would come back from fights to PR, you know. What was everybody? It, what was it about Trinidad that you liked? What was it that caught your eye? I was young, so I, I, I think I, I, I think I was just more influenced. He just seemed real, like, like that's the way it. That's the way like it occurred in the outside world. But like, I met him a few times, and and my experience was a little different. But growing up, growing up, um, everybody loved him, you know, to Trinidad. Right. You know? Yeah, for sure. So so it was just like, just straight. He didn't have to prove anything. It was just respect. Everybody loved him. He's Puerto Rican, and that's it. <laughs> you got to love him. <laughs> yeah. So, so how old were you when you got into boxing? How old were you? It was, I, I would say like 11 Wow, eleven years old. Yeah, it was um, 
it was like 99, 2000. Wow. I was, I was born in 80. I was like 13, right? Yeah. Well, 87. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I was like 12, 12, 12, 13. Wow. So then if you started boxing when you were let's say 12 or 13 and how many years have you been in boxing? How many years total did you spend in the sport of boxing? I spent, I, I, I don't, I took some time off like a few times, like a few months off, but I never took years off. Like I've always boxed since I started. Right. And I stopped. I stopped in 2018. Wow. Yeah. I, I remember I remember the day. <laughs> I remember the day. I remember where I was when you stopped. That <laughs> yeah, was um. It was it was I I gave it. I mean, in the beginning, I was young kid, so it was like all young. It was all about it was all fun and games, right? I remember I remember these these big like drug dealers like they told me if I won this fight that they would buy me they would buy me a whole outfit. Wow. In Puerto Rico, in Puerto Rico, we we when I first I had my first few fights, we didn't have any outfits. So what we fought with was basketball shorts and sneakers. Wow! <laughs> you know, yeah. so what we used for hand wraps were were the sheets, bed sheets that were cut up like into a long. It was like, it's literally a long piece of bed bed sheet. What? Sheets. So you would cut yeah. the, so you would cut the bed sheet up. Now nah, this guy, this guy would sell them. He would this guy would sell them. Oh, but it was wow. literally just—it was literally was just bed sheets. Oh snap! That's I mean, amazing. Yep, and he got pretty creative because he'd get different kind of bed sheets, like with cartoon figures, and and cut them up. And, you know what I and, mean? And then he would sell them. And he would sell them. Yeah. <laughs> it was like three dollars. It was like three dollars. I remember three dollars. Perfect. So so they so so the uh, drug dealers said that if you yeah, won the fight. It. Yeah, I beat this kid from this other from from Monteatillo, Monteatillo, Puerto Rico. I'm from Santurce, right? From from Barrero. And they had a show in Santurce and we fought this kid from Monteatillo, which is like another part of Puerto Rico. And and he told me that you beat this kid, yo. I'll buy you I think the guy's name was Jordan. Um and he sure did. He did sure did. Like I remember a few days later. He he took me to a, a store in Puerto Rico called Mudafort, Mudafort, um, in La Parada 18, in San wow. Juan, and um, and he bought me a Puerto Rican shorts, these um, shoes, like a, a like a white and blue shirt to match the Puerto Rican shorts. Wow! Yeah, it was pretty cool. I was pretty decked out. <laughs> That's amazing. So that was when you were an amateur fighter, and and so then so. So, like, what was it like training in Puerto Rico? What was that like? Just, like, every day, every day, boxing, boxing, boxing. I had a different schedule. My school my school schedule at the time started at 12. I went to school at 12, and I got out at 5. Oh, okay. So, I was always late to gym. Oh, I see. Right. So, and I wasn't really that skillful. Like, my everybody liked my cousin. And my coach, the coach, his name is Javier Arsen, who's like pretty famous in Puerto Rico. Everybody yeah. knows him. Yeah. Uh, he um he he was big on this other kid named Anthony Brooks. Um Tito, oh who Tito is actually a professional boxer now. His name is Angel Alacosta. Oh, okay. 
he's doing really good. I think he's a champion and everything. Yeah, he's a world champion. Right. Um, well, well, he was he was a little kid named Tito. We used to call him Tito. I think they still call him Tito, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, they you know, I was like just in the background, you know what I mean? Right. You were you were not the main feature. You were just like a gym rat. <laughs> yeah, I was spar. I was spar. But the one thing that I, I that I always had um, was work ethics. Right. I got it. I got it from my dad. Like he always, he instilled it early. I used to be a real good baseball player, and he, I used to practice all the time. He used to make me practice, and he used to, he instilled that in me to to practice hard, wow. all the time. Well, and I've seen you train. I mean, I've been in the gym with you, and and I can attest to that. You have a work ethic. Um, you know, the one thing that uh, if anybody knows Jorge Diaz Jr. when he was fighting is is. Uh, that he's a professional. You look open the dictionary for what a professional fighter is, and your name would be in there, brother. Thank you. Yeah, your work ethic was impeccable. That's for sure. So, so I, I, so, so, what was it like training back then? Like, did you, who was in the gym when you were training? What was it like? Um, like I said, in Puerto Rico, I was always the last kid there. Everybody was usually finishing finishing up when I got there. Right. Um, then, but then I moved. I moved to New Jersey after that. I, like not even a year after I started boxing, something happened, and my grandma sent me to my father. I was living with my mom in Puerto Rico. I was living with my grandmother in Puerto Rico. Okay. And, and my and my grandmother sent me to my father. Um. And then when I was with my father, my father was living in North Brunswick, New Jersey. And he was living like in, in a garage and that was turned into like a studio. Um, and, and, um, and I was telling him how I wanted a box. And I was, I remember I moved with him in the summertime and, and I would wake up like five o'clock in the, in the morning and we would deliver newspapers. Oh, wow. And every, and every morning after the newspaper route, we'll go to a bagel spot. And one day I'm in the bagel spot and I'm telling him how much I want a box. And this guy just came up out of nowhere. His name is Asawache. He came out of nowhere. He goes, you want a box? I'm like, yeah, I want a box. He goes, well, there's a boxing gym on Route 27 in Franklin behind the 7-Eleven. And then he goes, he looks at his wife and he goes, man, that kid looks like Elizabeth. Turns out Elizabeth's my mom. <laughs> oh, snap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, wait, Elizabeth, who? She's like, oh, that's my mom. Oh, wow. Was, you know, coincidence. So so this guy just walks up to you and you didn't, yeah. like, you wanted to box. This guy shows up in the same place at the same time in the bagel shop and tells mm -hmm. you that if you want to box, you go to this gym. And we'll be back right after these messages. Breakdown listeners, I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast today. Please be sure to share it with your friends and family. Download and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and anywhere downloads are offered. Please take a moment, if you enjoy this podcast, 
and consider making a small donation at patreon.com slash theboxingbreakdown. And now, back to our broadcast. Yeah, yeah, I I rode my bike the next day over there. Wow, and that's New Brunswick, New Jersey. No, that was in Franklin Township. It was like a really uppity up up boxing gym. It was it really it was really called Dynamic Duo. It was really a karate place. Okay, that had a boxing gym in it. Right, you had to be a member, and it was like really expensive. And I remember the, the guy; his name was Steve Rivera. He was my coach for many many years. He um he said he said um you know you you can't come in here. I'm like oh I just I just want to hit the bag. He's like no you can't come in. Oh wow! I'm like I'm like oh but I want a box. He's like oh well, all right we'll come tomorrow meet me tomorrow here at this time. I'm like all right so so I guess he got permission or something like that and the next day we met up and we did pads. And once he once he did pads with me, he saw that I could fight, you know. Yeah. So he's like, "All right, well, look, um, this gym is too expensive." <laughs> <laughs> so we started. He started taking me to South River, Knights of Columbus boxing gym. Right. I and over they, there, I think they're still around, aren't they? No, they're not. They closed down. They're actually, not. actually, Knights of Columbus is in New Brunswick now. Okay. That's John Salaji. Oh, that's John Salaji. Sure. Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. Up? So John, shout out, shout out to uh, New Brunswick, John Salaji. What's up, brother? Shout <laughs> out. Yeah, they they were always very good with me, man. There was a guy who ran that place. His name was Dennis. He passed. Yeah. But Dennis, Dennis, I remember Dennis told John like he seen how how like how it works hard, and then I won the box. He told John, I remember this kid gets two bottles a day and he doesn't have to pay. yeah 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 so then i was going there with steve every day and we fought out of i had my first new jersey um fight like a real fight it was like on the books you know how they have the book here in new jersey sure and puerto rico is not like that it's just you just fight (laughs) no one keeps record yeah (laughs) so i I have i had my first fight at knights of columbus wow yeah, Puerto Rico is a, a different, you know, it's it's part of the U.S., but certainly when it comes to boxing, it's like a different world. And, you know, here in the United States, particularly in New Jersey, you know, the, the sanctioning, the LBCs in New Jersey, they, they you know, got to have books. Everybody's, you know, it, it's very organized and very um, well put together versus not, <laughs> you know. You want to hear a fun fact? Yeah. Uh, my first fight, Harold um, Dave, uh, Harold Davis. Okay. You know Harold Davis? Yeah. He 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 worked my corner in my first fight. Wow. How many? And, and, go ahead, go ahead. No, and I and I won and I won by I stopped the kid and I stopped the kid by listening to him by throwing a right hand to the body, left hook up top. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> just, he said, "Don't stop doing it. Just keep throwing that." <laughs> <laughs> And how many how many amateur fights did you end with before you turned pro? How many fights did you have? In the United States, I had like I had like I think it was like a hundred and it was like a hundred and eight fights. Wow. No, hundred and four fights. Hundred and four hundred and four fights. I was ninety. I was ninety. I had ninety two wins and like twelve losses, something like that. Ninety two wins and twelve yeah. losses. Yeah. yeah. 
That is incredible. <clears throat> so you you turn you turn pro. So actually, before you turned pro, you did some national tournaments, right? You you got some. Uh, tell me about your your story, amateur career, the end of it. Yeah, um, yeah. For I did the Golden Gloves New Jersey. That was like the first tournament, the Diamond Gloves. You know, we won all those. I remember. This is when I kind of had like a little falling out with my coach Steve. Like I had, I had, I had stopped going to the gym for a few months, and then I came back, and then he's like, "Oh, this weekend we're having the state championships in, in the gym," and I'm like, "I'm gonna sign up." And he's like, "All right," I ended up winning, right? Right. I, I fought like two fights. I won. I fought Saturday, Sunday, and then um, so I, I advanced to the. Uh, I advanced Region, to the uh, regionals. Regionals, and I only had like, like maybe like like I, I forgot like maybe ten fights or nine fights, and he was telling me that I shouldn't go to the regionals because the kids over there are more advanced. They're like they have a lot more experience. They have fifty fights and stuff. Right. And I don't know where I got. I don't know. Where I developed this, but my my parents were good parents. They were good, nice people, but I just didn't like to listen, you know. <laughs> so I was just like, I was like, no, I'm gonna go. I won. I earned it. I'm gonna go. Wow. And I went with the New Jersey team, and I won. I won the regionals. I fought like I remember it was a big upset. I fought this kid. I forgot his name. Um, he was like a big prospect kid, a uh, black kid from Rochester, New York. Right. Um, and I, I beat him and I beat another kid and I, and I advanced to the national. So I came back with the regional title and I, and I, and my coach was like, Oh, blah, 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 blah. He told me the same thing about the, about the nationals. And I went, I said, I said, I'm going. And, oh, he went, I went without him. Of course he didn't go with me. Right. So I went and I went and I fought like four times and it got to the finals and I lost in the finals. So that year, I got ranked like second in the nation. Wow! Yeah, it was, and then um, yeah, it was cool. It was it was a really cool experience. It was in Brownsville, Texas, the national Brownsville, Texas. And so then you decided to turn pro. No, I was young. I was still a young kid. After you know, after that, I fall, I fall, I fall. Um, when when um when I decided to turn pro, I was like eighteen years old. I had went to the Golden Glove Nationals. At this point, people are talking about turning pro, but at this point, I was like, I was really in the streets. Really, um, I when I say in the streets, I mean I was just selling, I was selling drugs. So, so that was my main focus, just making money, right? And I would go to the gym, but I did go to the gym every day. Like five o'clock came, and I would leave, and I would leave the block, and I'll go to the gym, no matter what, always. And um. Boxing was just a part of my life, so I had to keep doing it. Um, but my main focus was just making money. Right. And and then this Italian guy named Sal offered me ten thousand dollars to sign a piece of paper. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then and then and then I was gonna get paid to fight. Wow. I was like, oh man, that, that works out. I'm here making money. I could use that money and flip that money with you know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like ten thousand dollars. So the deal was that he was gonna give me ten thousand dollars and he was gonna give me five hundred dollars a month for a year. Wow. 
So I said, I said, look, I'll sign this if you give me the ten thousand dollars and the five thousand dollars all at once, all, the five hundred dollars all at once. So it was six. It was six thousand dollars. So if you give me sixteen thousand, I'll sign. And so he, he gave, gave it to you. He gave it to me, and I signed. Wow. Wow, and that's the start of your professional boxing career. Yeah, he was. Uh, I had a co. I had a, a quote unquote co-managerial contract with Pat Lynch. Okay. Pat, you know he was. That's what they used to like lure me in. I think you know. Yeah. Oh, Pat, you know Arturo Gatti. He's famous. He's connected, and he was. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he really wasn't my manager, you know. Right, right, was, right. Sal was Sal was my manager. He was just like on paper, you know what I mean? Right. And they use and they use his connects to put me on shows at the Garden and things like that. So you fight at the Garden. So your so your professional career, you have um, something like oh, getting a little feedback here. Let me see what's up with nineteen six and one. Yeah. 26 fights. Yep. Amazing. You know, just really, really amazing. So tell me about some of your marquee fights. My marquee fight, well, my first marquee fight was like my eighth or ninth fight. I think it was my eighth fight. They were like, oh, you're going to fight in Madison Square Garden. And I was like, what? That is going to be too cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's going to be on an HBO undercard on Juan Ma Lopez. And Juan Ma Lopez was like a Puerto Rican, you know, bigger, you know, he was up and coming. Like, he was a big champion, you know? Sure. I was excited. I'm like, what? This is going to be crazy. I got paid like $1,500 or something like that, right? Oh, it was like an eight round. So you got $1,500 yeah. to appear on the undercard of uh, Walmart's uh, at Madison Square Garden. It gets interesting. Check this out. So then, so then I'm like, you know, excited. I'm pumped up. You know, I'm thinking I'm the guy, right? Right. And I said, I look across, and then the guy has, like, a big entourage, right? And I'm like, whatever, you know. I'm going to knock his ass out. And then they were announcing they were announcing us, and, um, and they were, like, fighting out of the blue corner. A two-time Olympic gold medalist. <laughs> and then I said, I, I said, hold up. I never won any gold medals. <laughs> I was so confused. I'm like, no, nah, wait, he made a mistake. I never won any gold medals. Yeah, Bartholomew. Like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'm fighting an Olympic gold medalist. <laughs> I'm fighting a two time Olympic gold medalist at the Garden. <laughs> That's hilarious. So for fifteen hundred dollars, I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> so here you are at Madison Square Garden, right? You're fighting for fifteen hundred dollars, and you're fighting an Olympic gold medalist. 
Yeah. Dang. <laughs> it was, well, and I had got sick. I remember I had got sick. And my girl was like, you shouldn't fight. You shouldn't fight. I'm like, I'm not going to turn the garden down. It's going to be crazy. I'm going to beat this guy. You know, I'm like, I was so brainwashed that, like, I'm the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but in reality, they were just finding this guy an opponent, you know? Um, we had a, we had a, we had a good fight. And then like at the end, I just ended up knocking him out with like a four piece. Boom, 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 boom. Knocked him out cold. <laughs> four piece. What was the combination? It, it was like a right up a cup. We were in a clinch. We were in a clinch close, close. Right. And then I stepped back and I gave him a right uppercut to the body, a left uppercut to the body, an overhand right, and then a left hook. Boom. And the left hook wiped him out. Wow. He was out like Pacquiao was out. <laughs> he was out. He went face forward. Down. He didn't get, yeah, face down. He didn't get up. Wow. Amazing. And if you see the fight, there's like a little clip on YouTube. Yeah. You put Jorge Diaz, Bartholomew, knockout, whatever. You could see the disgusting face on I had, the disgusting look I had on my face. Right. I look. I looked at the, my my quote unquote manager. Yeah. Right at like in the middle of the ring, right after the knockout, I I went to the neutral corner and I just looked at him, and then I just lit my throat like I knocked his ass out. Fuck y'all. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that could have been the beginning of the end. Or the end of the beginning. <laughs> it, it, it was, anyways. It just they just got to make more money. Right. The next fight, because they're not two fights after that. They put me with Alejandro Lopez, eighteen and zero. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, I ended up beating him. I dropped him like four times. Yeah, I think he was sixteen and zero when you fought him, right? He might have been was, six. Was, was I think. It, I, yeah, I think it was six, yeah sixteen and zero. Sixteen and zero when you fought him, and. You deed him, right? Yeah, I had a unanimous decision. And I was still being such a knucklehead. Like, I remember the night before, I was, I, it was me, some of my friends that were there. They could, This was in Key West, so this was a big deal. So we all flew to Key West, and some of my friends came with me. Um, um, and and we, we were having, like, a party. Like, not a party, but we had ran into these girls. The night before. Oh, it was, boy. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, we were in the room. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. <laughs> How it was bad, bad was it? It was bad. It was bad. <laughs> like, you don't do that. Like, that, you, you know, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. Like, I was, you, that's not what you're supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? For sure. That was early Diaz. That was early Jorge Diaz Jr., right? That was, I, I wasn't, yeah, I didn't take. I didn't take professional boxing really seriously. I was in. I was making money. I was making. More, I was making a lot of money in the streets. Right. So boxing was like a thing. You know what I mean. So you. So boxing was like uh, pennies. Pennies yeah. on a dollar. I made so much more money. Yeah. <laughs> I was bringing so many people to my fights, and that's because like all the people that I knew from all my customers. You know what I mean. Right. Um. That's how I was selling so many tickets. Wow. So, so a couple of fights at well, you fought at Yankee Stadium, right? You fought uh, uh, Jay Song, Jay Song Lee, Jay Song Lee. Yeah, you fought at Yankee Stadium. That's what's up right there. That was fun. Yeah. I think at that point they kind of started to see like maybe this kid has an opportunity. Like maybe this kid's got something. You know what I mean? Right. 
Well, you know, it's um, it's funny that you say that because when I'm looking at your record, as I look at your record, they've divided it into two two basically two uh, sections, and that's right where the break occurs in your career. <laughs> so that's interesting that you said that, and you TKO'd him in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, that was that was a tough fight. He it was up. It was another weight class. I remember he weighed like one twenty eight. And, um, and you know me, I didn't care. I was like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? Let's just fight. Right. So I didn't even ask for more money or none of that. You right. know, you just wanted I, to fight back then. I'm like, whatever. Like, I, like, I, like, come on, let's get this. Let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was, was 2010. Exciting. Just for the listeners out there. So you know where we are right now in his career. That's roughly 2010. Actually, to be exact, that was in June. It was June 5th, 2010. Yeah, that was a fun weekend. I remember after that, we went to this part of this club in Bronx called Talley. It was really fun. <laughs> really, really, really fun weekend. It was the Puerto Rican Day Parade the next day. It was awesome. So the next leg of your career, I mean, you, you did, I mean, you fought a lot in Atlantic City. Well, I got in trouble. I got in trouble. This is what happened. I had got in trouble, right? I got I got busted. I was I was I was in the wrong place at the wrong time and the the boys came that they ran down on us and we had got caught with with, with the drugs and, 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 and I got in trouble and um and then I, and then like a year right after that, going into my first day of like probation, I got in trouble again. Oh wow. So, so all that was like a big setback in my world of like, for me, it was a huge setback because I, I didn't have no way to earn money anymore. Right. All I had, all I had was boxing. And wow. before I was just boxing just to do it. Like I didn't do it for the money. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> so now it's a role reversal in your career because now you're, you're fighting for money. Well, now, yeah, now I was like, um, it was the Tion Kennedy fight. Um, and, and, um, I, I lost that fight. Are you, and, you lost, that was in 2011, right? Oh my God. That was so much drama for that fight. So it turns out like for in the middle of my training camp, I found out that like my manager was talking to my mom and he was dating my mom. Oh man. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. Yeah. It was like that. It was that type of thing. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. That, that yeah. could send you reeling. In the middle of my training camp. So I'm like, meanwhile, I had a fight with this guy. With my manager, I had to negotiate with my manager for my purse. He wanted to offer me $6,000 for a 12-round fight. $6,000 for, for a 12-round fight? round fight. For a 12-round title fight That's... At, the, at the Atlantic City Convention Center on an HBO undercard. And I was like right before TV. Yeah, that was for the USBA, right? The USBA yep. Super Bantamweight title. $6,000. Like, come on, bro. You serious? What? Yeah. If you look at my career, they didn't move me right at all. Like all, I fought a whole bunch of four rounders, a whole bunch of six rounders, yeah, and then I did an eight and a ten and a twelve. Yeah, I could see that. 
I saw I saw that years ago. <laughs> I noticed that. But you know, so then let's let's um so let's I think this is probably a good time to talk about uh the entrance of uh a new coach, right? A new coach comes into your life. Well, no, nah, it was a lot more like so so what happened after the fight, after the Tion fight? I lost. Um, things happened. I didn't trust my management. I started to fight them. I wanted to get released. Um, wow. They sat me for like two years. I didn't, and I was trying. I met this guy named, named Cooper, um, who was, you know, who, who had he had very good intentions. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he was just like, but he was just not giving me the right information either. He was like, he was telling me like, oh, these guys are doing you wrong and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know that. I know that. Um, and so he, I was staying with him in Florida training. I met this great coach named Sherman, man, like Sherman Henson from Florida. Really, he's like a little, he's like a famous uh, Florida coach in Tampa area. Right cool guy like he's like an uncle we still talk wow you know um i was training with him um i had one fight under him and then while i was down there that's when i had you know got my um my girlfriend at the time pregnant but she was in new jersey right so then i I fought one fight with sherman um and then after that, I was like, I'm going back to Jersey Sherman. I got to be a dad now, you know? So then I was, so, um, I did these courses and whatever. And then, and then I, and then I went to the gym and one day I ran into Dwayne. Right. Hey, Coach D. Dwayne. Coach Dwayne. Coach my, D. My partner. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so. I knew Dwayne since I was an amateur kid. Dwayne knew me since I was an amateur kid. In fact, Dwayne used to coach with this guy named Cliff. Cliff was a coach of mine. Right before I turned pro, um, he was going to be my coach, you know, and kind of guide my career. But then Cliff died. Oh, wow. Right? So I was, so I was like kind of on, on my own again. And then um, and, and Dwayne, he would call me from time to time. And basically, just straight criticized me, right? Right. Yes. And I got tired of it. I'm like, I stopped answering his phone calls. A few years later, I come back from Florida. I'm working. I'm working full time job and with the city, like cleaning parks. I was a park maintenance, and I was going to the gym. And one day he walks in the gym, and I'm like, "Yo, how many days can you work with me?" He's like. Oh, the same excuse. Oh, I'm busy. Blah 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, I got that. You're busy, but what? What can you commit? He was like, oh, I'll give you one day. I'm like, all right, I took it. He said he'd give you one day. He, yeah, he said he'll, he'll come one day. <laughs> okay. And I said, all right, I got it. I'll take it one day. What day is it gonna be? We picked a day, and we so he started once a week. And then once a week, twice a week, then twice a week, then three times, and then I got him, and then I got him hooked. <laughs> you know? Wow. And 
I already had a son at the time. I was working a full-time job. I was like at the end of my career. I was beaten up so much by the whole legality of boxing world and the whole promoter manager thing. Right. Um, I had made some bad choices on, on fighting. Like I, I signed with this other promoter. I went, I went two years without fighting almost. I fought once. And then this guy puts me in with like a 24 and old guy with like 22 knockouts. Wow. Then, then that was a whole another drama episode. My, 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 during the training camp, my, I found out my grandma was like throwing up in Puerto Rico. So I flew her down over here because the hospital over there told her that she didn't have anything, but she had lost like 20 pounds of weight because she throws up all her food. Oh, wow. So when they told me that she was really sick, I flew her over here and we brought her to the hospital and turns out she had pancreatic cancer. And, you know, I love my grandma. Like she kind of raised me. So I'm like, I'm training for this fight with uh, Vicente, but I'm in the hospital all day while my mom was at work. And then after work, when my mom gets out of work, she'll come in and stay all night with my old grandma, you know? Yeah. So during while I'm in the hospital with my grandma, like I'll take a break during lunch when the nurses can come in and stuff like that. And then I'll go to the park and I'll go run at the park. I wasn't even like sparring for that fight. Wow. You know? No, you had um, no sparring before. And that, and you were fighting for, uh, for the WBC, um, super bantamweight title. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, one of them junior titles. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, Ferka box. Yeah. At that point, cause I've, at that point I was just, Doing it for like just trying to get there, you know, trying to trying to. I was just trying. I was just doing my best. I was doing my best with what I had at that time. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. And um, I and you know, lack of guidance and and and, and um, poor choice making. So yeah. And so if you could just right there on that moment, if there's something that you could impart on uh, to the young fighters out there that are coming up about choices, choice making in, in the professional ranks, what would what would it be that you would say to a young Jorge Diaz Jr.? It's, man. I, you know what I was thinking about this today? Um my problem was my problem was that i that i really wasn't able to just give up i didn't trust anybody you know what i mean yeah i didn't trust anybody so i was trying to micromanage my own career you know what i mean while i'm training you get what i'm saying i i i get what you're saying implicitly yeah so I mean, so and- i mean what i would you need somebody that knows you need Listen, if you don't have any guidance, I don't know, man. I'm not going to tell you not to do it. Just just stand for what's possible and just do your best. But definitely get someone you trust and let them handle um, all that stuff. And you just focus on training. Yeah, that's right. Focus on being a sportsman. Focus on winning. Yeah, don't focus on no money. Don't, you know... um, don't focus on what you're getting paid. 
Right. You know, I was telling myself that, like, man, I, if, I wish I had it, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even ask how much I'm getting paid. Like, I would just fight. Wow. You know. So then let's talk about uh, moving toward the end of your career because there's something that happens in your life that completely transforms the direction of your life. And part of it happens while you're in a fight with Adam Lopez. Tell us about that. So, you know, we started training with Coach D. Coach D taught me how to box, man. He really taught me how to really box. For the first time in my boxing career, I learned how to box. Like the last two years of my boxing career. <laughs> last three years, you know what I mean? Yep. The whole entire time, I was just a good fighter. I had the balls and I had the will. And I was willing to get hit, and I could hit. Right. But I didn't know how to box until I met Coach. Until I sat down with Coach D, and like he taught me. Right. Um, and then I was really excited. Um. Um. We had a so we we were, we were training, and we 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 um we were, we had got this fight offer to fight Adam Lopez, up and coming prospect. I think he was like twelve and two or twelve and one or something like that. Um. He had like a lot of knockouts. I think he had twelve wins and like nine knockouts or something like that. And um, and we took the fight because it was going to be for a title, a little title fight, you know. Yeah, it was for a little title fight. It was for the WBC uh, again, the super bantamweight title. Yeah, it was the so, vacant vacant WBC super bantamweight title. Yeah, it was cool because I was taking these personal and professional development training courses and. We're talking about that little voice in our head. I was always like saying negative things. At the time, I was doing very, very, very good. That was 2017, right? Yeah, that was uh, uh, November 18th, 2017, when you yeah. uh, clashed with Adam Lopez. Yeah, when I fought Adam Lopez, that was the best earning year of my career. Like I generated in taxes, I I grossed $221,000 that year. Whoop, 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 whoop. I had That's two what's businesses. Up. I had a bell bomb business, I had a barbershop. And while I was operating both of them and being a full time dad, wait, I was training twice a day. Wait, say that again. How much was that? How, well, how, how much did you gross? In 2017, I grossed $221,000. Oh, oh, I'm giving it up for you. <laughs> I was going to. I almost did a quarter mil. Yo, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With no school, I had a I had a bell bomb business and a barbershop. Wow. It was a, it was cool. It was a really good accomplishment for myself. Um. um so you go into I, this fight with Adam Lopez. I was training hard, man. I was training twice a day. It was awesome. Um, I was training with Dr. Sean Aaron from Rutgers University at the time. He's the president of the International Society of Sports Nutrition. Like he got me strong and the best shape of my life. Um, All right. So now you're measuring. Now you're measuring everything. They were measuring everything. They were, I was doing the whole um, um, Rocky Balboa. Remember the Russian dude? What was his name? Ivan Drago. Yeah. Uh, putting yeah. the mask on the machines and the. Yeah, all that they were measuring my I was measuring how many calories I ate a day, how much protein it was crazy. Um, I would never even I was even measuring my, my sleep performance. So it was, um, 
So what made you do that? I mean, you, so you did, you had your whole career, right? You fought your whole career. You never did that. Right. And now all of a sudden, what is it? Well, those those courses that I told you about, I took them courses and then I discovered that, you know, throughout my whole career, I wasn't being a champion. I wasn't being a champion because I didn't have a belt. So I didn't think I was a champ. So when in those courses, I discovered that in reality, I'm a champ because I spend most of my day being a champion while I'm training, while I'm eating, how I'm living. Um, I, everything revolves around being a champion. So I, I discovered in those courses that I discovered many things. And one of the things around boxing was that I was a champ. So the first thing I needed to do was to have a team. So I reached out to, I was going to get like a strength conditioning coach. Right. And I wanted to get um, like a Rutgers student that was studying sports science to intern with me. So I reached out to some professors and turns out that Chris Algieri, you know, Chris, right? The, yeah. Who, um, Chris, yeah. From Long Chris Island. Algieri, from Long Island, yeah. Um, former champion, right? Um, he, him and I were friends. We were friends in Vegas. We sparred together and all that stuff. Um, and um, turns out that one of the doctors that I, one of the professors that I called at Rutgers knows Chris. And and the, the professor was Dr. Sean Aaron. He's the president of the International Society of Sports Nutrition. Right. He called Chris and asked Chris about me. Hey, do you know this kid, Jorge? And of course, Chris said some good things. Like, oh, yeah, he's a good kid, blah, 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 blah. So Dr. Sean Aaron called me the next day. He said, hey, listen, I talked. we have a mutual friend. His name is Chris Algeri. He said good things about you. I'd love to work with you. Turns out their facility was like three miles from my house. Wow. Three and miles from where you lived. You mean in New Brunswick? In New Brunswick. Yeah. And not only, not only that, not only that, like, like I was, I'm into gardening. So I used to rent a 600 square feet right across the street from his facility. And I used to see that facility every day. And on top it says Center for Health and Human Performance Facility. I saw it every day for like two years, and I, and I never even thought about anything. Wow, you never even thought to go in there, or? No, nah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Rutgers, you know. Right. So, so I did these courses. I discovered I'm a champ, so I started treating myself like a champion. So I created a team, and I had like the best team you can have, really. Like, you know, um, I mean, I was, I, I was missing you. <laughs> that would have oh, been the, that, that would have been that would have been the that would have been the that would have been the um the the cherry on top oh man that would have finished it all you already know you already know what what would have happened it would have been incredible and uh i miss being there i definitely miss being there but um you know i i i want you to talk walk the listeners through uh, what happens when you step in the ring with Adam Lopez? Oh, so, you know, bell rings. I'm, we're all confident. We have a crazy game plan, right? Um, and first round goes the way we want it to go. Second round, like the first 10 seconds, I get dropped. Wow. I get dropped, man. I got too close. I get caught with a left hook. I go down. And of course, my head, you know, your brain just starts saying all these negative stuff. More than me. <laughs> like what? Like, and the things that my brains were saying was like, why the fuck are you still boxing? 
<laughs> you are making so much money. Why are you still doing this? Like, why you 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 got businesses? Your son is here. Your son's gonna see you lose now. He's gonna think you're a loser now for the rest of your life. This shit hurts. You've been doing this too long. The whole entire second round, <laughs> I'm fighting. And in my head, I'm fighting two people. I'm fighting Adam Lopez and I was fighting my identity life. Wow. I like, just stopped. And then I remember like, because of the training that I received in those courses, I, um, I, I, I sat down after the bell rang and I told my thoughts and I told my feelings, thanks for sharing. <laughs> so you're like, hey, thoughts and feelings, thanks for sharing. Yeah, like, you know, all that was going on and I was able to just acknowledge it. Like, I was able to see it. Like, oh, yeah, that's my thoughts. I sat down. I remember Coach saying, how are you feeling? I said, thanks for sharing. He said, what? <laughs> I said, never mind, Coach. What's next? <laughs> and then he gave me instructions and I followed it like a T and, and we won a unanimous decision. Wow. And then so you win... In 2017, November 18th, you win. That was a good year. Not yeah. thinking about it. I won a title. Got the and I made the most money. <laughs> yeah, you made the most money. You know, you're balling in the money department. And then on top of it, you win the World Boxing Council Super Bantamweight title. Yeah, it got me ranked like top ten in the world. It doesn't get any better than that. Oh my god! But I didn't have a man, I didn't have a promoter, you know. So I I didn't fight within six months, so I lost the title. Right, right. Um, lost the ranking, and um, and it's literally for me. It's been. I remember it was in a little, little small casino in Atlantic City, uh, the Claridge. You know. Yeah, the Claridge Hotel in Atlantic City. Sure. And it was a small, it was non-televised. Listen, they didn't even have a belt for me at the fight. Like They didn't think you were going to win? No. <laughs> I had to wait two weeks for it to arrive in the mail. Oh, my gosh. That's one of the things that I, it's like a missing for me. I wish I would have like had a picture in the ring with the belt, you know, after the fight. You know what right, I mean? Right, right. Yeah, that that was um, shame on them. You know, and... um. And, um, but let me tell you, man, that, 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 com that, com that, f that was fulfilling. Yeah. You know, oh, and man. then, and then we tried to get fights the whole year after that with other people and it was, you know, hit or miss, nothing ever came through. And then I caught this one fight with a year later, a year, like a year and a month later, I caught a fight with, um, Arnold Kagai and. And it just, it wasn't my night, man. You know, I had I got sick a few days before, real congested. Um, um, yeah, it wasn't I, my night. And I was with you for that camp. I was with you there for that, for a lot of the training there leading up into that fight. So, I mean, we, um, I was, I was working with another fighter on the same night in a different, uh, in a different uh, area. And so I wasn't able to be there with you, but I, my heart was with you, and I wanted to be there. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, but but that was a great night, and uh, you know there were a couple of uh, couple of errors uh, 
toward the end of the fight, but but the fight was incredible and, and really Yeah, when I when I look at the fight, man, I was doing better than I thought, man. Like, oh man, it was a great like, it was a great fight. And um, you know, the, the main thing is that, you know, not only did you um, you know, hold him, you also put an end to some of his weapons. You took away some of his weapons and and even to that I remember the the uh, broadcaster saying that, you know, at the end of that fight, boy, Diaz really uh, taught Arnold Kagai a lesson. And, and Arnold Kagai needs to go back to the drawing board and figure some things out. I remember that. I remember succinctly that those comments. So it was a great fight. Yeah, and at that point, I was like, you know what? I got my little title. I'm done. Right. And that was a Showtime. That was on Showtime. Um, and that was, uh, in Philadelphia, but that was on Showtime. I remember, uh, it was just a great night, you know? And then, so after that fight, let's talk about what, what, uh, Jorge Diaz has been up to. So after that fight, so it's like 2017 was the height of my year. And then 2018 was like 2000, 2018 was 2008 housing market. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I went from being on top of the world. Mind you, my fiance is going to school full time at this time. I'm the only one making money. My son's going to a private monastery school. Um, and they passed this law in 2017 where there's no more bail bonds. So in 2018, I went out of business. Like March 2018, I went out of business with my bail bond company. It's called the Bail Reform. So then I had the barber shop. I had, I had that. That was a sweet thing, man. My rent was like seven fifty a month. I had seven barbers at one eighty a week. Eat all of them. It was so easy. It was easy money. Every Monday I'll come in, I get my money. You know. Right. And then I got greedy, man. I tried to raise the rent on my barbers because to you know to to kind of compensate for the bell bonds, you know. Right. And um. <laughs> And they didn't even say nothing to me, bro. They just left like two, three days later. And they just was gone. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Two guys, I was able to, you know, I called them all. Some didn't answer. Some did. I was able to convince two of them to come back for a lower rate, you know? Right. And th those two kind of held me by um, to pay the rent and make a little bit of money. And, um, and then I was able to sell it. I was right. able to sell the shop. So then I took that money. I sold the shop October 2018. Um, and then I fought like November, I think, of 2018. Yeah, it was November 16th, 2018. So all I had, man, was the money from the fight, the money from the shop, and no income. <laughs> oh, man. You know, my rent was $1,700 a month. My son's school, $500 a month. So I was like... So, uh, okay. Uh, thanks for sharing. What's next? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was doing. I mean, and, I mean, it, it sounds simple, but it wasn't that easy. You know what I mean? Because, you know, your thoughts, you know, I, I, I thought all sorts of stuff. You know what I mean? Right. I thought about going back to the streets. I'm like, I can just do that. I'm like, man, I don't want to do that. My son, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
I'm like, you know, maybe it's a good idea. My girl's going to graduate next year. Maybe she can just go back to her mom's. I can just go back to, to, to my mom's and the projects. I'm like, yeah, but if I go back to my mom's and the projects, I'm going to get into trouble. Like, right. nah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to break up my family. And I just, I took, I took, I, I just took a chance and just got into a business I had no experience in. I just, I just knew that if you had a truck, you could make money. <laughs> right. And I bought me a truck. I bought me a truck. Um, got a registered DOT MC number, and um, started making lemonade. <laughs> there we go. There we go. And now, now fucking now. Sh- this month I've grossed. This month is disgusting what I gross. That's awesome. Jorge Diaz, listen, that is incredible. Your your story, your your journey in the amateurs into the pros and all that you've been up to in your in your uh, life is is incredible. And what you're up to now is even more incredible and the kind of the, the, the human being that you've turned into that you have transformed into is, is just outstanding. And I just, um, I'm honored to know you and I'm honored to call you my friend. And I'm just, you know, I just can't tell you, uh, you know, how, how highly you are regarded in my household. Thank you, thank you. I'm so much mutual, Coach. I told Coach Dwayne, I told Coach Dwayne, man, that belt and meeting Coach Mark was worth sticking around for two years. Oh, man. Thank you. That touches my heart when you say that, bro. It really does. And and, uh, so um, I think that's about all the time we have this time. I just want to once again thank. Jorge Diaz Jr. for being on the Boxing Breakdown today. And I hope you guys have enjoyed the program. And um, hopefully you've gotten lots of great information out of it. I certainly love talking to you, Jorge. And um, until next time, I'll see you guys on the other side. Peace and love. Fight fans, join host Mark Roxy and special guests as they break down all aspects of the boxing world, including news, business, management, training, promotions, fan reactions, upcoming events, matchups, future boxing stars, title fights, state of the boxing world, and all the stuff you don't see when you watch boxing. This podcast is released each week on Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Live streamed on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook Live. It's the Boxing Breakdown, hosted by Mark Roxy.